Welcome in to the At The Yard Podcast. Today we're going to go inside the dugout with head coach J.D. Sales of San Joaquin Memorial. The Panthers are coming off back-to-back Division II Valley Championships and make the move to Division I for the 2020 season. We'll take a look at Coach Sales' Hall of Fame career at Clovis West, his college days at Fresno State and Fresno Pacific, and his transition into high school coaching. All that and much more on Episode 37 of the At The Yard Podcast. Welcome back to the At The Yard Podcast. I'm excited to have head coach J.D. Sales join us. Coach Sales is in his fourth year at San Joaquin Memorial. Uh, had, had some success here in the last few years that he's been there, and we'll dive into that. But, J.D., really appreciate you making some time to come on the podcast and uh, just share a little bit about your story and, and your team. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Um, you guys do a great job covering high school sports up and down the state, and we appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Well, I, the, it's all thanks to uh, coaches like you and, and the players that you guys coach. So we're really grateful for that. Uh, so let's let's jump in, JD. You you know let let's start a little bit about your you know your roots there in the Fresno Clovis area. Um, you, obviously, you had a pretty successful uh, playing career at Clovis West. Uh, where you were the back-to-back track player of the year in 08-09. So talk a little bit about that experience of, of kind of growing up in that area and then playing in that area. And, and just kind of, for those people on the outside that aren't familiar with just the quality of baseball, high school baseball in that area, you know, talk a little bit about playing uh, for Coach Patrick there at Clovis West and what that experience was like for you. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a good experience. I, I grew up around the game. Uh, my dad coached high school baseball uh, early on. He was a pitching coach at Buchanan under Greg Funk. Uh, he coached with Pete Delena here at Memorial. When I was a kid, I was out there running around in practice. And then he coached with Tim Thiessen at Clovis West. And he coached with Kevin Patrick, who I ended up playing for at Clovis West. So, I mean, it's playing for a coach over there was a good time, man. We had some good groups. Uh, he allowed us to compete. He was a competitive guy. He was I was, uh, he spent a few years at Reedley, one at Madera, and then he came over to us. So he was, uh, in the early part of his career, um, he was making a name for himself and we won a lot of games and it was a good experience, no doubt. So, uh, it's, it's uh, I'll never forget my time as a golden Eagle. So growing up with a dad as a coach, being at fields, you know, your dad played baseball at Fresno state. You eventually followed that path to Fresno state. Is that something that you always thought, hey, man, I, I want to coach baseball when I'm done playing? Or is it something that kind of just came about when you were towards the end of your playing career? Well, it's just I knew I always wanted to be involved in the game. So once you figure out you're not going to play in the big leagues, you got to find another way to stay involved. So, I mean, I I always I like I love coaching. I love the game, but I love helping kids. You know, I love making a difference and a kid's life and getting them on track if they're off track and helping them get to the next level. And that's the stuff that keeps you going. Obviously the winning games is very fun. And that's, I mean, if you're a winner, that's what you like doing, but uh, helping kids goes hand in hand with that. And we try to create a winning culture, not just winning games. Yeah. And you certainly have done, done both of those things. So as mentioned, you, you go to Fresno state after your back-to-back year track player of the year awards there at Clovis West 
Fresno State's coming off a national championship in 08. You joined them in, in the fall of 09 there. Uh, you're a part of three WAC champs there at Fresno State under head coach Mike Batesel. How how did that experience kind of shape you as you know as a player, obviously, but but more so as a coach moving forward? You know, obviously, people in Southern California are very familiar with Coach Batesel from his time at Northridge and OCC and uh, you know growing up down here. But how how did that experience for playing for him on on three obviously winning teams uh, over the course of three years? You know, how did that help you out and uh, and kind of shape you as a player, maybe even as a coach? Uh, just, I mean, it helped me tremendously. I mean, some of my, some of my best friends in my life to this day are from those teams there, you know, a college baseball group is, uh, just a, it's a special environment and a special culture that can be, cause you're with those guys so much. I mean, it's almost 12, 15 hours a day, you feel like. And then when you're done with practice, you're hanging out with them. So it becomes a brotherhood, but, uh, playing for coach Batesel, I mean, I learned a lot. There's a lot of stuff that, he integrates into his program in terms of the standards and getting stuff done and being on time and all that stuff, you know, and at the time you kind of, you know, it's, it's tough as a player at the time, but when you look back and reflect on it, you know, you're thankful for what he's done and uh, pushing us each day. And uh, I still use some of his stuff in the way I coach today. I mean, I remember when I was playing there, he would, if all our pants were going to be down, or if one guy had his pants down, the whole team had to have their pants down. If one guy wanted to wear his pants up, uh, the rest of the team had to wear their pants up. And I find myself, uh, I'm the same way. I mean, I make sure we have the same color sleeves. If our pants are down, our pants are down. And at the time, it seemed silly, but it's all about looking like a team and being a team. And that's what he tried to instill in us. And that's kind of how I've become as a coach. So that so, stuff you learn so in college, it sticks with you. So, so as a former pitcher, do you let the the starting pitcher that day choose what's going on with the uniform? No, I I, I choose as the head coach <laughs> at, the, at the high school level. I choose. I mean, that's something I've thought about, but I just want to take the. I don't want to give them any extra things to worry about, so I go ahead and pick it for them. <laughs> nice, nice. So, you had an opportunity to pitch in the Alaska League the summer of 2012, and. You know, obviously, you know, one of the premier college summer leagues and, you know, loaded top to bottom with, with prospects. And what was that experience like? I mean, you know, you come from Fresno State, you're winning WAC championships, you go up there, uh, you know, you probably see some guys that were eventual first rounders. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what 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 was that experience like? And did you get to play in the midnight game or, or, or that game that starts really late at night? No, we didn't play in that one. That was up in Fairbanks, I believe. We weren't there during that time, but that was that was a great experience. Funny story about that is um, I was supposed to go to New York that summer. I, I was supposed to go to play for the Oneonta Outlaws or something. And I remember being on the plane. Uh, one of my best friends, Charlie Robertson, he played for a pitching coach the summer before that had coached in uh, Anchorage, and his name was Dennis Machado. He was the pitching coach at Bakersfield during that time, Bakersfield College, uh, we would always, those guys would always uh, either beat us or, or pitch lights out against us at Fresno State. And I'm wondering what's going on out there. But my, uh, my buddy played for him. He had nothing but good things to say. So I remember asking Coach Ware, I said, hey, you think Bates will let me go to Alaska? I really want to play for this guy. I've heard nothing but good things. He said, let me see what I can do. And a day later, Bates said, all right, I got you hooked up to go to Kenai. And that was one of the, best summers of my life baseball wise. And I, I mean, he was, he's Dennis is a great coach, man. He's not coaching anymore. He, he lives in the Arroyo Grande area with his kids, but he, uh, 
just a competitive guy, man, and taught us a lot. And we had about eight draft picks on that team. I think we were 40 and 10. We got second in the Wichita World Series. We won the Alaskan League, and it was a great time, man. A lot of people from that team I still, you know, you stay in touch with because, again, like a college baseball environment, you're with those guys all day long, you know. So, But it was a great experience. I'll never forget it. So, so take us through that a little bit. So the the champion of the Alaska League, is that the NBC World Series out in, in Wichita? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so yeah. how does that work? I mean, is it just teams from all over the country get invited to that, or how, how does that process work? Yeah, I mean, there, there's summer leagues all over the country. You have to qualify. At least back when I was playing, you had to qualify. I don't know how it works now, but we had to win our league or get second to go. And there was team, like we played uh, the Santa Barbara Foresters in the championship game. Uh, we lost one, nothing. Oh. Uh, and uh, they had a guy throwing from Wichita state that was 93, 95. So he was pretty good, but it was, um, yeah. I mean, you have to qualify. I believe that's how it works. But at the, we were, uh, we got first in the Alaskan league. So we knew we were going, but you fly straight from Kenai all the way to Wichita and, play there for 13 days in 100 degree weather and then you fly home to fresno and you start school again so <laughs> then, then you come back to 100 degree weather right in fresno. Yeah. <laughs> come back to 100 degree weather and coach bates will ready to get after you so. yeah so you, you spent your last year at fresno pacific there and you made the all-region team there in 2013 and uh you know at, at that point uh the playing days kind of come to an end for you uh what what was the transition like for you did you you know have an opportunity in baseball right away or did you you know kind of have to grind it out working a nine to five if you will and 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 you know wait for that opportunity to come or so what was your transition like from from your playing days after Fresno Pacific where again you were an all-region team member uh to you know getting into coaching eventually you know I kind of wanted some time away and I shouldn't say wanted time away from the game but I just kind of I don't know. I put my whole life into it, you know, and then you don't get drafted. You know, I, th- I was I wasn't expecting to per se, but I was hoping to have a chance. You know, I'd put a lot of time in, but a lot of players do, you know, and we never know when our last day playing is. But I was kind of coming to terms with the fact that I didn't get to play anymore. You know, summer, summer and fall roll around. You don't have fall ball to go to. You know, it's just it's a different deal. And when you're in love with the game, it's hard to come to terms with that initially so I took about a year off I went and worked out in Fireball at Thomason Tractor sold some tractors for a year and did that and I'm about a year into it I'm thinking to myself what's going on I gotta you know I gotta get back in it so I get a call from Brad Fonts he's the head coach of Buchanan he asked me if I'd be interested in coaching and he had a connection with the with the superintendent out at Kingsburg High School and uh, a week later they interviewed me and uh, I was their head coach by the fall of, I believe, 2016. I was the head coach there, and then um, might have been 15. But, uh, yeah, and then I got back into it, coached there for a year, and fell back in love with the game. I was never out of love, but, you know, you'd been away for a little while, and you get back into it, and it felt right. And then a year later, I ended up at San Joaquin Memorial, and then here I am. So uh, You know, it's funny. You talk about, you know, 
not necessarily wanting a year away, but almost needing a year away, you know, some time away from mm-hmm. the game. It's it's funny, right? The game the game tells everybody when it's done with them, right? And it so for some people it comes, you know, right after their 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 senior year in high school and, and for some people it comes after, you know, fifteen year pro career. But having gone through that experience, how how do you relay that to your players and, and how do you use that you know, on, on maybe, you know, a daily basis or, or, you know, periodically with your players to get them to, to understand that message, right? Because I'm around a lot of high school kids and, and, you know, all of these guys seem to think that, Hey, I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to be in the big leagues for 20 years. And, you know, most, most of those guys won't have the opportunity to even be drafted, much less play 20 years. So as a coach who's around these guys every day, how do you use that, you know, to, to educate players. Uh, we just try to be an example. I mean, we, we talk about how, I mean, lucky we are, uh, they, they know how our team knows how blessed they are to be in the position that they're in. And then they look around at our coaching staff. I mean, our coaching staff is an example of guys who love the game. And uh, we got Pete Delena. I mean, he's our hitting coach. He, he had a, he played in the big leagues for a little while, but he, I mean, he grinded it out in the minor leagues. He coached here for 18 years. He's, at this point, he's not coaching for the money. He's coaching because he loves the game. And my dad, the pitching coach, John Sales, he doesn't have to be out here. He just chooses to because he loves the game, loves the kids. Chris Falco uh, coaches with us. He he doesn't he doesn't make a dime. He just does it because he loves the kids and loves the game. So I think that they understand. I think the kids understand by our example um, that we just love the game and it, it can. They all know that it could come to an end at any time. You never know when your career could be over. And we just try to lead by example and remind them of how blessed they are to have this opportunity. And we take care of our field and take care of our program and stay organized and all that just to show the kids how much we care and try to create an environment for them that's a winning environment. So that's that's what we, we remind them of. We remind them of it, but we just try to be an example to them and they understand how much we care about them and we reciprocate it from them. So. Well, I, I think certainly having success on the field helps with that, right? And and that's one thing you guys have, have done very well here in your previous three years at, at San Joaquin Memorial. I mean, you guys are coming off back-to-back Valley Championships in Division Two, back-to-back CMAC Championships. I mean, 26-4 mm-hmm. in league play in your last two years is in and of itself is impressive. I don't care what league you're playing in or what, what part of the state you're playing in. So what's kind of been that, that, that thing? I mean, is it obviously every coach is going to say it's the players, right? But I mean, to yeah. a certain, to a certain extent, you know, the players do what the coaches are, are asking them to do. So what's kind of been the, the secret sauce for you guys? I mean, that's, that's a lot of success coming right out yeah. the gate for you. Yeah, I mean, my first year here, we struggled. I mean, my, my first year here was to change. It was to change the culture. I implemented uh, three words that we that we live by: are timeliness, effort, and competitiveness. It's just kind of a three word standard that we have. If you're on time uh, to where you show up ready to work today, every day on time, you're going to help the team. If you give us your full effort when you're here, you're going to help the team. And if you compete your butt off, you're going to help the team. So that's kind of our three words we talk about, and. Uh, you know, that first that first year, we lost a lot of games. And that summer, moving forward, we just said, hey, man, let's practice winning. You know, let's create a winning culture. Let's just practice winning games. We don't care how we get it done. Obviously, we worked on throwing strikes, holding runners, base running, all that stuff that 
any baseball coach is going to work on. But the culture we tried to create was timeliness, effort, and competitiveness. And we worked on winning baseball games. And I had some good players come in and some good players now that bought into that and helped change this culture. So that's kind of where we are now. We're at a point where we know what's expected. The players show up and know what's expected. And we just go to work each day and hope for the best. Can you elaborate a little bit on that practice winning kind of mantra or that ideology that you guys have or had that first year? I mean, what do you mean by that? I mean, uh, you know, I, when I hear you say that, I think, okay, they, they took a million ground balls or they took a million hacks, but I'm sure there's much more beyond that. It was just, I mean, that was, it was our first summer ball together with the program. So it was our first summer session together. We just came off our first season. We were eight and 20 that first year. So I, I just kind of talked about before each summer game, I said, Hey guys, find a way to win, be locked in. Uh, even if you're not on the field, we're practicing winning. So it was just more of a mindset rather than what we did. Like I said, yeah, we did all the baseball stuff, but we were just had a mindset list. We got to find a way to win games and get over the hump. Cause we were losing close games, you know, and we just, we had some guys grow up. We were really young. So that, that summer, that jump from that first year during the summer ball was kind of what got this thing going in the right direction. And then we just got better each year and more and more buy-in every year. And now I have seniors that have played for me for four years. So there's the expectation levels there. Yeah, no, no, no question. And coming off back-to-back championships uh, in the Valley there, uh, you know, that and now the move up to Division One, right? So the challenges grow for you guys going from – Division two back-to-back champs to, to Division one, And, you know, let's stick with that because we have you guys currently number 12 in our Power 25. And we have four of the top 25 teams from the Valley. I mean, it's you guys. It's Clovis West, Clovis North, and Buchanan uh, in our yep. Power 25. And, and you know, some might argue that, that we might be missing a team or two uh, from the Valley in that Power 25. But it, it's it's what is it about the the – the area that just kind of breeds baseball players. I think it has, I mean, I have, I have an opinion on it. I think it's the quality of coaches and, and the longevity of those coaches at their programs. Uh, but it seems to me that, that baseball is a priority in that area. And, and is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it's a fair assessment. And at the, at the end, you know, a lot of it, <clears throat> it's the Bob Bennett coaching tree, man. It's still, it's, that's still a real thing. Um, I mean, you look at uh, uh, the Clovis High coach, Chris Patrick. He played for, for Bob Bennett. Uh, Pete Delana, who was Memorial for years, played for Bob Bennett. Um, uh, Jeff Prieto at Clovis North, Bob Bennett's his grandpa. It's just the, the, the Fresno State environment uh, and the culture out there throughout the years just breeded a lot of baseball coaches, to be honest, and a lot of guys that love the game. And, Fresno State and Fresno City have had such good programs for so long and to have them in our backyard with Coach Bennett, Coach Batesel, Coach Scott, and uh, Coach Purse at Reedley, another Bob Bennett disciple. I mean, it's just a it's a long list of baseball tradition around here and a lot of guys that care about the game and a lot of families who care, like the sales, like my family, for example. I mean, my grandpa played, my dad played, so we want to play. It's just that's how it goes. You look at the Patrick family, I mean, the Donald family, the list goes on and on. Guys like Mike Noakes, um, I could list names forever, but it's just it's just a baseball environment around here and a competitive environment. So yeah, and you certainly see that. And I, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to be up there for the Fresno Easter Classic the last couple of years, and you certainly see that. I mean, 
you have just phenomenal crowds at these games and it's just it's a it's an awesome high school baseball environment and you know it's just a lot of fun to to watch but let, let's shift gears coach and let's talk a little bit about the uh the 2020 uh version of the san joaquin memorial panthers uh you, i mentioned we got you number 12 in the power 25 currently you guys are five and one uh you beat your old <laughs> your old high school coach there and your old team to open up the season and what i'm sure was a pretty fun game for you but uh you know let, give us a preview here of of your team this year a little bit i mean you returned seven starters from a, a championship team uh you know, how do you feel about your pitching where you return three starters? Give us just a brief rundown and uh, just the team overall, and then we'll jump into some of the players you've got. Yeah, I mean, this this group, this is a good group, man. This is the group that uh, we took some lumps that first year because we went young, and I had a lot of, I think four of these seniors played as freshmen, so on varsity. So uh, they, they've completely bought in. The culture out there is great. So, I mean, practice every day is fun. Uh, our pitchers have done a great job i think we have a 17 era through six games and five of those are against the track um, our bats are getting going we can run we can run and we can play catch so if we can continue to compete on the mound and keep us in games we're going to definitely contend for a division one championship but it's uh it's a tall order this year there's a lot of good teams it's deep down here um, everybody's going to get better and you know the track's going to beat each other up and that makes a that makes them prepared for the playoffs. So, uh, but I like our team. I, I like I like coaching them every day, and um, we're definitely going to play catch and run, and uh, we're going to throw strikes. So we just got to keep getting better, and that's the plan. You talk a little bit about the team speed there. One of the one of the guys that you got back this year is 2020 outfielder Jalen McMillan, committed to Washington on a football scholarship. I presume he's going to hit somewhere near the top of your order or already is. Uh, and some people say that he might be the best defensive outfielder in the area, uh, you know, in the last couple of years. Give, give us a little breakdown on him. Well, he's definitely, he I mean, he's definitely makes us better. Uh, he can, he can run. He's a good hitter. He has good instincts on the field. Um, and I'd I, I would, I would argue that we have the, three of the best defensive outfielders in the area. I mean, we got three center fielders out there between uh, Tanner Segusby. I mean, he hit, he was a, our center fielder last year and hit 440. And Mac Delana plays left field. He he had a 580 on base percentage last year, and he was all state. I mean, you got Mac, Tanner, and Jalen in your outfield. It's uh, We got three guys fighting for the ball and a lot of speed out there. So it's a it's a good problem to have, no doubt. Yeah, you, you talked about Segusby. We obviously are, are very big fans of him. I, I think he's going to be uh, a very, very good player at the next level, certainly. Uh, you know, you mentioned he hit 440, but he also drove in 40. R I mean, he had 40 RBIs. And, I mean, we yeah. saw him when we saw you guys at the Fresno Easter Classic last spring. I mean, he hit a ball that I don't know that it's landed yet. And then he hopped on, uh, you know, then, then he shows off his, his ability to run, like you said, in, in the outfield. And, uh, you know, and I think he closed for you that game, if I'm not mistaken. I think he got it the, the yeah. last inning against Clovis East there in that game that I saw. But just an overall really, really good player. And then let's talk about let's talk about the Bell brothers. I mean, these guys are um, uh you know, in my opinion, I, I'm a huge fan of Mikey, uh, but Joey is no slouch in his own right, and and this guy's arm uh, is is pretty electric, isn't it? 
yeah, Joey's Joey's getting healthy right now. He, he had a, he was just a little sore early on, starting out the coming out in January. So we've taken it slow with him. He threw two good innings versus Redwood. Uh, threw a good bullpen yesterday. Uh, he's getting better. You know, there's a lot more in the tank. He's a big, strong kid, and he's hit the ball well for us early on. He had a big hit on Saturday versus Clovis to kind of to tie the game. And his brother, he got to third base, and his brother safety squeezed him in. So it's. Uh, <laughs> Um, they both, uh, they both bring a lot to the table. Mikey's improved so much defensively and he's, he's a gamer man and understands the game. He's playing football, uh, the last couple of years has really helped him. He's got a chance to be their quarterback next year. So, um, they're just, uh, they're good players, man. Like I said, we got good players, good kids. So I'm in a good spot. I'm blessed. Yeah, you, you are. And then last guy I wanted to touch on was Eddie Saldivar, Long Beach state commit the middle infielder there really really like his defensive actions and you know you kind of liken him to a, the the kind of the field general right i mean when we saw you guys last year again you had salt saldivar at second and you had bell at short and i'm thinking oh my gosh he's rolling yeah. out a freshman and a sophomore <laughs> you know what's going on here and then you watch those guys play and you're like okay well that makes a lot of sense saldivar what, what can you tell us about him He's the definition of what you look for in a baseball player, and uh, the, he's the definition of timeliness, effort, and competitiveness. The guy is a worker, a grinder. Um, he he loves the game like no other. And uh, last offseason, I said, hey, man, you need to get a little bit stronger. So he went and put on 10 to 15 pounds. Uh, the guy, we told him we need to, you need to work on hitting the ball the other way. He's, he's got He hit two doubles to left this Saturday. The guy's just a – he's a grinder a worker and there's no doubt he's not only going to have success here he's going to have success at the next level because he won't quit until he does so. so yeah he's he's yeah and he's what you think i mean being in southern california he's kind of what you think is that prototypical you know long beach state dirtbag type player right oh absolutely i mean we just we just faced the whole track last week. Like we, we know how strong that conference is. He hit a double off Aon. He hit a double off Beal. He hit a double off Riley Cooper. I mean, that he's not scared of, of anything. You know, the guy's ready to play, and he's he's the definition of a Long Beach State dirtbag, no doubt. So he'll yeah. be. He's a he's a perfect player for that place, and I he loves Coach Valenzuela, so it's a good fit. So we're we're excited for Eddie. We got. Uh, most of this year and the next year left with them. So we're going to enjoy that because not too many of those guys come around very often. Yeah, that's three, that, that's three pretty significant Division One arms there that you just listed that he's doubling off of. So that gives you an idea of his ability at the plate. But let's talk about your schedule a little bit, Coach. I mean, you got you mentioned you, you just pretty much ran through the track here uh, with the Coca-Cola Classic. And, you know, for those that don't know, that is, you know, one of, I mean, that's one of the premier preseason of tournaments in, in, in the state, uh, you know, certainly in the, in the Valley there, but uh, definitely in the state. And I mean, you go five and one, um, you, you took the loss there to Clovis North, who is again, one of the premier teams in that area. But uh, what's that? Did you intentionally, then you kind of look at some of your schedule, you guys are coming down to SoCal for the national classic, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, did you kind of intentionally uh, try to schedule, you know, the, these top teams, these these top programs? I mean, you're not in the Easter Classic this year. You're coming down to SoCal to get a different look uh, because maybe you knew you were going to Division One or you anticipated the move to Division One and just trying to get yourself prepared. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I knew this was a good group, you know, number one. We got a good group this year. And I knew that, hey, we're going to Division One. We're going to have to play these teams and beat them to have any chance at a good seating come playoff time. So I didn't want to just play a weak schedule and have a good record and be a four or five seed. I wanted to play a really good schedule, see what we can do, and maybe end up a one or two seed. You know, that's kind of what my thought process was and obviously there's a ton of season left you know it's it's not even close to over our league is going to be tough with bullard sanger madera edison madera south all those teams are going to compete and they know what we've done the last couple of years so they're going to come after us but uh yeah in terms of setting up my schedule with all the clovis schools and we got turlock garces stockdale and de la salle in the national classic i mean that's that was the plan you know let's play some good competition and get us ready for the playoffs and this group can definitely compete with them, so why not? Yeah, you mentioned De La Salle. You guys are facing them at USF, and, you know, how did that come about? I was talking to Coach Jeans when he was down here for MLK weekend, and he told me about that. But how did, how did that come about, and how did you guys kind of decide to, to do it at USF? Well, we coached together on North-South, me and Coach Jeans, and uh, we just, you know, we just hung out for a few days and, coached those guys up and had some fun. I was like, Hey man, we're going to be all right next year. I know you're De La Salle, but we wouldn't mind playing you. So, and he looked into it and shot me a text. He said, Hey, let's do it. So we got that dialed in and he found out, he found a way to get it connected with USF, which my guys are excited about. So, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, my senior year at Clovis West, we played De La Salle in the Coliseum. They beat us two to one or three to two in extra innings. So we're looking forward to going down there and Coach Gene does a great job, man. The numbers speak for themselves. The guy's a winner, and they have a good, clean program. So we're looking forward to uh, to seeing how we match up against those guys. Yeah, he's a winner. He's just a quality, quality guy, too. But I wanted to ask you your thoughts on the you know newly passed regional championships by CIF. And you know, do you think this is kind of a first and important step towards a state championship? And and just kind of wanted to get your feel for that. Yeah, I mean, I think the more the merrier. I like. I think that the so far too often there's a debate on who the state champion is or who played the tougher schedule or so SoCal, NorCal, or Central Valley who has the better team. So why not? Let's figure this out and let's 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 compete for it, you know, and let's let's see. So I think it's a great idea and a great step in the right direction and. I think we could adjust our schedules and find a way to make sure we get it done before June 1 or if that's the issue or whatever it may be. But I, I like it a lot because it's a, a lot of times there's really good teams from this area and it's, it'd be cool to see how we match up against uh, the other regions. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I really, really hope it's the first step towards a state championship because, like you said, it's there's too much debate uh, and we're in too good of a state where baseball is too good for us not to have a, a clear champion. So hopefully this, this is the, uh, the first step towards that. But yep. uh, JD, before I let you go, I, I got to put you on the uh, coaches rapid fire hot seat here. Just going to ask you a series of questions. First thing that comes to your mind, just, just pop it out. If uh, I'd like for you to pick one or the other. Uh, if you have a no answer, you could just say it neither, I suppose. But let, let's try to pick uh, uh, one or the other here. So it's about 10 to 12 questions. Uh, and just first thing that pops in your mind. So you ready? Yep. All right, man, here we go. Uh, Del Taco or Taco Bell? Taco Bell, not even close. 
Whoa. Favorite <laughs> sports team? Uh, Notre Dame football. Oh, see, I knew I liked you. Uh, go-to song to sing in the shower? That's a tough one. Just uh, anything George Strait. Okay. Best singer on the team? Uh, none of them are good, but I'll go with Jalen McMillan. He sings the most. <laughs> Best dancer on the team? Again, Jalen McMillan. Joey Bell is a close second. Uh, favorite stadium you've ever been in? AT&T Park. Mac or PC? Mac. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Pismo Beach. Oh, okay. Uh, data or old school? Old school. Uh, Costco or Sam's Club? Costco, not close. Small ball or gorilla ball? Small ball. Uh, lastly, stretch or wind up? Which do you prefer? Wind up. That means nobody's on. Yep. <laughs> nice. All right, JD. Well, man, uh, this was awesome. I, I can't thank you enough for making time and, and coming on the podcast. I'm really excited for, to follow your team this year and see you guys down in SoCal for the National Classic here uh, next month. Awesome, man. Thank you. Like I said, I, we appreciate all the coverage you guys do for the state and our area. So on behalf of all the coaches down here, we, we thank you for that. So. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate that. I want to thank Coach Sales for joining me inside the dugout today. Be sure to check out prepbaseballreport.com slash California for all your news and information. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.